Hello and welcome to Asia Bridge, the podcast where we present the best of Asia society programs in 15 minutes or less. I'm Matt Skiavenza. As Chief Secretary of Hong Kong in the 1990s, Anson Chan presided over the territory's handover from British to Chinese rule. She remains an incisive observer of Hong Kong today. Recently, Chan appeared in conversation at Asia Society in New York with former Wall Street Journal publisher Gordon Krovitz. She began by expressing skepticism that Hong Kong's autonomy, the terms of which were guaranteed by the 1997 handover, is still holding together. If you measure one country, two systems, by the usual yardsticks, which is the rule of law, basic rights and freedoms, particularly freedom of the press, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion, uh, the rule of law, the independence of the judiciary, and basic rights and freedoms. I am sorry to say that all of these are under pressure. Now, at the moment, the independence of the judiciary and the rule of law, generally speaking, still work well. But... There are increasingly worrying signs that cracks are beginning to appear. In 2014, the State Council uh, in Beijing issued a white paper, ostensibly on the implementation of the Joint Declaration and One Country, Two Systems and the Basic Law, in which, and I quote, it stated that Beijing has comprehensive jurisdiction over Hong Kong that members of the judiciary are part of the administration and therefore have to have regard in their judgments in courts to national security and development interests. Now, this is completely at odds with the separation of powers and the independence of the judiciary. And in the ensuing years since 2014, Beijing is making increasingly clear that what little autonomy Hong Kong enjoys is for Beijing to decide and to take away at will. We in Hong Kong feel that we are the solitary beacon in the entire PRC, the only Chinese city where respect for the maintenance of the rule of law and basic rights and freedoms are guaranteed not just by international treaty, but by our own constitution. And we badly need our friends around the world, we certainly need our American friends, to continue to actively encourage and support Hong Kong in its fight to keep its core values, its lifestyle, and its rule of law. Because without these attributes, I can assure you, Hong Kong will be very, very quickly marginalized by the mainland. One of Beijing's long-term strategies for Hong Kong is to erase cultural distinctions between the territory and mainland to the degree that Hong Kongers begin to regard themselves as simply Chinese. But Anson Chan said that this isn't happening the way that the Communist Party imagined. The younger generation in Hong Kong hmm, regards you know, themselves as having a totally separate identity. First of all, they identify themselves as Hong Kongers. Uh, That doesn't mean that they're unpatriotic. That doesn't mean that they do not accept um, uh, that Hong Kong is a part of China. What it does mean is that Hong Kong was promised a separate system. We were promised that our core values um, that revolves around being open, being tolerant, respecting human dignity, um, um, 
respect for the rule of law, all those would remain intact, that we would keep our culture. For example, why do we find hmm, so much um, uh, disagreement with even something like requiring uh, students at one of our universities to pass a compulsory test in Putonghua. It's not so much that they object to having to learn Putonghua, but it is in the minds of these young people. Putonghua stands for everything they do not like about how mainlanders behave, how mainland officials behave towards its own people. So it's very important for us to keep this separate identity. And at the end of the day, to put it very starkly. It seems that we're moving to a, to a, a situation where Beijing is telling Hong Kong people, as part of one country, and Hong Kong is an inalienable part of China, uh, and you can only support the basic law uh, and be loyal to the Constitution if you embrace the Communist Party. This wasn't what Hong Kong people were led to believe. I remember at the time when considerable concern was expressed about whether um, returning Hong Kong to the motherland meant that we had to embrace lock, stock, and barrel communist ideology uh, and dogma. And Deng Xiaoping said very clearly, loving the country does not mean you have to love the Communist Party. So long as you accept mm, the return of sovereignty, mm, and we work strictly on the basis of one country, two systems. But now we're being told that if somehow you speak out against the Communist Party and everything it stands for, then you're unpatriotic, you're deemed unqualified to stand for election. This goes against Hong Kong's basic you know, human rights bill, which states that every citizen in Hong Kong shall have the right to stand for election without unnecessary restrictions. So why are we introducing uh, political screening into deciding the eligibility of people to stand for election? Chen added that a fundamental belief of the Chinese system that a market economy can thrive under single-party rule rests on shaky foundations. In the minds of the, the hardliners particularly, their view is somehow you can put economic long-term economic growth in a compartment totally separate from political liberalization. You and I know you can't, okay? But that's their view. And they take a look, uh, as somebody pointed out in an earlier question, well, the Brits didn't give Hong Kong, you know, democracy and one man one vote, and yet Hong Kong has thrived. So why is it under Chinese rule we cannot achieve the same? But what they fail to understand is what are the underlying principles uh, that makes Hong Kong the entity that it is. So I don't think there's a, there, there's a, a fixed blueprint to destroy Hong Kong. And you may say it's a forlorn hope. What I'm hoping for is that, maybe not in the short term, but in the maybe middle term future, uh, things within China itself will change. Because I think the people themselves, whilst they may not for quite a while demand one man, one vote, they all demand more transparent and more accountable government. Thank you for listening to Asia Abridged. If you want to hear more, you can check out our show page at asiasociety.org slash podcast. And you can also subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Asia Society. Until next time, this is Matt Skiavenza.